Okay, we're live. Um, welcome, welcome to my podcast. Um, my podcast is where I interview awesome guests uh, and try to find out the source of inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Tunison, and today I am here with good friend and special guest, Mark David. Um, Hello. <laughs> hi. Um, yeah, not only is he a good friend of mine, but he is also someone that I admire for not only having endless amounts of inspiration, but also able to execute his ideas extremely well. Um, for the people that don't know him, he is considered one of Holland's up and coming commercial photographers, um, having photo photographed a large number of international campaign campaigns, um, but also doesn't mind doing some fun personal stuff. Welcome. Yeah. Sorry. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bit of a lag. Uh, there's building up suspense. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hi. Did, Good evening. Good evening. Um, did I miss anything in your introduction? Uh, no, that's about it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you do a lot of photography. Um, yeah. So I think that's, that's the most interesting thing is um, how do you get from from where you were to where you are um, and, and what were the most important moments um, of getting you to, to where you are. I think photography is a, an interesting career choice. Um, a lot of people now have uh, a lot of photos on their mobile cameras. Uh, it's probably easy to get into, but it's probably also difficult to um, distance yourself from, from the masses. So how did your journey go? Where did it start? Do you want to, Explain uh, that that's, a bit. Um, that's a pretty, um, <laughs> pretty expensive, uh, expensive question with an, um, huh. a long, well, long time ago, a long, long time ago, I started out to be a musician with you. I wanted, we were in a band together. Remember that? Yeah, I remember. Um, so that's what I wanted to be. Um, Somehow, somewhere, it changed, and I got into culinary school to become a chef. Uh, but it wasn't for me, uh, so eventually, I got into art academy and started, well, um, building my skills somehow. Um, do you want to know everything? Uh, everything. <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's interesting. Um, like being in a band, you play the guitar. You also have a background in playing piano. Mm -hmm. That's quite a um, creative creative field. Then you go from a cre creative field to to cooking. Um, no, that's uh, equally as creative. Okay, yeah, I'm not quite sure how creative cooking is, but I can imagine it can be quite creative. Mm -hmm. And then and you, you need a lot of skills. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, definitely. And then you go from cooking, you go to, to art school. Did you know that you wanted to be a photographer before going to art school or did you sort of figure that out along the way? Uh, I figured it out after the first year of culinary school, I think. Yeah. Somehow I got a camera for my grandpa, uh, and started taking pictures and then, um, well, maybe as soon as just a few months in at cooking school I just realized it wasn't for me but I still needed the diploma and I wanted to learn it also uh, so I just started 
taking pictures by myself um, without any glasses or anything. Of what kind of stuff did you take pictures of? Um, friends and um, at the, um, what's it's skate what's skate skating skate yeah, skate park just skate, the skate park at skate park yeah because I started at skate park and just taking pictures of friends and um, just shooting whatever I, I I thought was interesting at the time most of it sucked I think <laughs> but, but I still have a lot of uh, images from that time which are pretty um, well, um, telling about what I was going to be like now, maybe. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so in a way, it was. I was always working with lights, like the simplest, cheapest lights you can get um, for construction lighting and stuff. With you also. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my so dad's the, a builder, so we got some construction lights and we... Yeah, so it started like that at, uh, pretty soon. And now that's exactly what I'm still doing. <laughs> Except not now I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think that's an important phase uh, or important part of, of being creative is, is experimenting and taking your time to figure out and messing around with, with trying to find out what yeah. doesn't work? Yeah, of course, that's the only way. Even in school, there were no real teachers, no good teachers or no teachers at studio and nobody told us about how the lights work. So the only thing you, you can do is shoot and try stuff and fail and make ugly shit and learn from it. Yeah. So like learn by failing, I guess. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's the best way. Because I think, I think that's copying others. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I think copying others is also uh, sometimes a bit of a taboo subject uh, among creatives, especially people that are starting out because it feels cheap, but I think it's definitely... Yeah, but it's weird. There's no other way. Yeah, actually, because yeah. everything's a remix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but like what you were saying with lighting, um, I think that's something that a lot of people that don't know or understand photography... Like how much of photography is lighting? Like that's that's a, your, this, this is a question? That's a question. How much of photography is lighting? Well, in my case, it's probably at least 50%. So, yeah, I think 50% of the other percentages are uh, the model, the clothing, uh, the location, the editing, the camera, but most of it is light. So you can shape, you shape uh, the image with lighting. So you shouldn't be called a photographer, but you should be called like a, a light scene architect. Light technician. A light <laughs> technician. Well, that's, that's something I wanted to get into a bit. Um, so that's, that's also my second question is, um, I think a lot of people think that a photo is just a snapshot of a moment um, people mm -hmm. see photos in magazines they see photos on billboards and they're like yeah a photographer i could be a photographer i could go in there and i could press that button um and i think that a lot of people believe that that is what uh, photographers do mm -hmm. but i think it would be interesting to, to sort of get an understanding of, of what is the process 
um, that goes into creating a scene and creating a photo. Like, I think it might be an idea to take a, a work of, of yours. So you have a, a work of art. I, I went onto your website, which is markdavid.nl. Mm -hmm. Took yeah. a look at some of some of the stuff, and uh, you have one which is um, I think it's called Dun Solostalgia. Solostalgia, yeah. Which I think is a, a DJ. Uh, is, it, is it a DJ? A musician? No, it's um, he's a gent metal musician, and this was his solo album. Okay, uh, it's the album art for it. So, so album. yeah, can you can you maybe go through that process of how? You went from nothing, meeting this person, mm -hmm. to to creating this photo. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, Timothy and I, we know each other. Uh, we've known each other for a long time. It's a good friend, and uh, we always talk a lot about the images and matching it with the music and um, having some sort of link between the image and the music or the feel of the album. So in this case, um, it's a very personal album. And I think if I remember correctly, it's about him looking at the world from his um, place of isolation, something like that. Okay. So you guys are just chilling on the couch, having a beer. Yeah, we were at the pub, I think, and uh, just talking about what he was writing and why. And um, what his overall feel was by, um, with his new album and what he wanted to say with it. Uh, let's see, I have some notes here from back then. It's, um, so how long ago was it? I think three years ago, four years ago. Okay. So um, in, um, with musicians, it's always the, the question of um, will there be uh, will it be them in the picture or something something else or someone else or just some um, beautiful girls I don't know in this case he really wanted to be in it himself so because it's just the solo album it has to be him um, so we started from that it's him it's the idea of being of looking out of, into the world on your own on, um, in your isolation um here's a sketch with some big ass glass dome like fitting a whole room in it um but i think we, pretty soon we came um but in some way about digging in maybe the idea of a grave i think also came in here somewhere <laughs> oh it's it's metal it's it's okay well, it has to be a bit dark dark and uh Macabre. Yeah. So how it all came together that way, it was just by talking. And, um, so is the creative process that you go through, I mean, this is, I think this is a bit more of a, a personal project. You probably had a lot more creative freedom than you would for other clients or. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Cause now there was no, concept whatsoever so we, we had to come up with it with it on our own yeah and together um with uh with a commission from an agency or anything it's mostly there is some sort of concept yeah and, and then i come in yeah 
uh, then I come in and just shoot it or I come in and uh, help the concept find the way into an image. So, so how long did that, that period take from that initial talk to knowing what you're going to shoot? With done? Yeah. I think, um, I think one, one night in the pub and then a few weeks of planning and searching for the, the stuff we needed. Yeah. And then we, we just, it took one day, I think, to get these images. Yeah. Cause the, um, we just made some sort of table, uh, cut a hole in it, put the box in it, <laughs> collected, collected some dirt and uh, some water and started building. So you're actually Does building it, the set. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is all fake. This isn't, this is not a real, um, uh, place in the woods somewhere. No. So I, I think just for, for a bit more of an idea what the photo is, it's, um, it looks like a piece of, like a bit of ground, a bit of dirt. And there's like a glass box there. And then there's a head sticking through that glass box looking out into the world. Um, it's pretty interesting imagery. But it's, it's definitely interesting to, to know that like this didn't just come out of nowhere. And that you as no. a photographer didn't just go there and, and take a picture of it, but you actually talked to the, the artist, client or friend. And that actually took quite a while to, to gather all the stuff. Took yeah. your day to build the set. Mm -hmm. And then the photo, taking the photo, how many photos did you need to take? Well, there's a period of testing. So I, I don't really count that as taking pictures because it's just um, lighting the scene and everything. But eventually when that's all set, um, you start to shoot for realsies. I think it's about 15 minutes, 15 minutes or something. So 15 minutes to get that good shot. Yeah. Maybe half an hour. I don't know, but it's mostly yeah. in the first few minutes you get the right shot and then it's just tweaking a little, maybe uh, a finger more to the left or your hair more to the right. I don't know. Something like that. And then those test shots, like how many, how long does that test shot period take? It depends. In this case, it, I think it, took quite a while and because we also tested with um, little trees around his head and uh, uh, train tracks and um, but with a normal portrait or just some less difficult setting it's not that much mostly at the max it's an hour I think okay it's still quite a lot to think that uh, you only need one good press of the button but to get to that one good press of the button, hmm. it takes you quite a long period to, to get everything aligned and correct. And, and I think that's, that's what people see is that just that one good moment. Mm -hmm. True. Which I think it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And then, yep. then you're not even done. No, <laughs> then uh, you're at maybe half of the process. <laughs> <laughs> then you have to have to process it in uh, in a computer with color grading and uh, contrast and light and taking all the zits away and <laughs> uh, brushing it up do you do that as well or yeah. do you get someone to do it i'd love to get someone to do it but um it's pretty expensive <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i do it all on my own. um 
someday I will get someone to do it for me. But now it's, uh, I do it, but it also gives me more creative freedom to do it myself. Yeah, I guess so. You have the quality, um, control over the quality yourself, which is yeah. also worth yeah. something, I guess. True, because it's, um, well, post-processing is also a lot like painting, I guess. So everyone has his own um, signature in it. Okay, yeah. So if I edit this image, it's completely different than if you will, would edit it or yeah. uh, a professional retoucher. Yeah. Okay, so then you're doing the retouching and then it's good. Send it. Uh, yeah, send it. No printing. <laughs> well, <laughs> not that much anymore. Everything's for the web, uh, of course, but it should be printed. All images should be printed at least <laughs> once and pretty big also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I'm pixel peeping like for hours and no one's <laughs> going to see it. <laughs> I, th I think that's a good validation. Just mm -hmm. print it out and hand it to your client. Just say, look at it. Look at what I've done. Yeah, look how big this is and it still looks nice. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no, I think that definitely gives a, a good, clear idea of, of what that process um, looks like. Like, are there, is there any advice that you'd, you'd give people that are going into this industry and it's like, I like to do make Instagram photos of sunrises? Uh, um, well, again, it's, it's a pretty uh, broad question, um, but for commercial photography, just make sure you, you have the skills first and then go do crazy stuff. Yeah. And I think, I think that's another one of these questions that we, we like to ask on this podcast. And um, that is if you consider yourself a designer or an artist and, and what the <laughs> difference is. <laughs> it's a good question. It's um, um, also debatable uh, if it's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Because it can get some people pretty angry, I think. It should get people angry. Yeah. Um, but it's also a lot of nonsense. Um, still, <laughs> I'm definitely not, a, not, a, not an artist. No. So, I'm, so what's I'm the difference if... Up to you. What do you consider the difference between an artist and a designer? Um, an artist can do what he wants. Um, at any time he wants, I think. Um, they have a thematic goal or some artist statement or a cause they believe in or, well, uh, just they have, some, they have something to say, mostly, artists, I think. They think they have something to say. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I really don't have anything to say. Well, not, not with my work, but it's just, um, I'm, I'm just not an artist. I'm, I'm, I practice a craft and maybe it's artisan. It's, it's not artistry, I think. <laughs> is, that, is that a good one? Yeah, it could be. I don't, I don't know the difference, but I'm definitely going to start Googling that, what the difference between artistry and artisan is. Artisan. But I think 
you might be be correct. Um, what would you say yeah. if someone considered you an artist? Say so they're wrong. Uh, yeah. Well, no, thanks, but uh, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, don't get me wrong. I live and breathe it. And um, I, I, I don't really believe I can do anything else or want to do anything else. But there's, somewhere there's a, there's a difference. Someone once told me if, if you're doing work um, and you don't hate it, you're probably an artist. So you could say that about an accountant. You could, if, if an accountant loves their job, <laughs> then they could be an artist and some accountants could also be considered artists with what they do with numbers. Hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Or some guy with, a, with an engine, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, well, still it's gonna piss people off. <laughs> That's okay. Well, no, but okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. I um, I met a lot of artists in at Art Academy, of course. Um, it's more of a lifestyle, maybe. Could be. And less. Uh, there's, well, no. It's it's too difficult to answer this. Yeah. Okay, well, well, I've I've been thinking about this for the last week and having discussions mm -hmm. with other people about this, and this is what I've come up to, I've come up with. Okay. Um, so you, you can tell me how wrong I am. Um, mm -hmm. So I think the root of the difference between an artist and a designer is in uh, the motivation. So where the inspiration comes from. Mm. So if the inspiration comes from an outside source, so you see a problem and you want to solve it or a client tells you to create something, then it's design. If you create it because you have this internal desire to create this thing, and it's more about creating the thing than itself, then that can be considered art. So mm -hmm. if I look at, let's say music, um, if you get commissioned to make a song for um, a movie or whatever, then that would be design. But if you make that own that same song, and you just create it for yourself and you, you don't even have the need to share it, then that could be considered art. What do you think about that? I think that's spot on. You think it's spot on? Yeah. Um, you've solved yeah. it. We can finish the podcast after no, I think, two episodes. I think that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, well, uh, yeah. I think this is the best description you, you can get. Okay, well then, because you're also a musician, what do you, how do you think this relates to the band's uh, first album? Because there's always a theory that the band's first album is always the best and they hmm. create that from a point of being an artist and then after that they need to make money or they need to have a record label and then they're creating yeah. design. Do you think that that works? I think so, yeah. That's also why the second album mostly sucked sucks a lot of bands well yeah, yeah. No, or they have to um, or they um, get uh, um, kicked out of the label before the second album because they aren't able to finish it in time so yeah i think that's um that's correct okay 
No, I, I'd definitely love to hear some other people's opinions on this. So if, if anyone else agrees or disagrees with me, you can uh, yeah. send me some, some feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to, going to, plug my my email that's finding inspiration podcast at gmail so uh if, if i got you all riled up and um you mark also said stuff you don't agree with you can you can direct that anger to me um, yep. and i will uh, politely reply uh in my next podcast um <laughs> okay now we're going on to the next segment um i think you're know, talking about inspiration and all that um i think it's a good idea to to sort of like who do you who do you look up to and say this person that he, he has endless amounts of inspiration, they inspire you or they, like who, is there anyone? Yeah, no, I just, uh, it looked like you, um, your uh, connection was gone. Oh, I'm here. sorry. <laughs> um, well, yeah, um, if we're gonna talk about photographers, um, I always been a fan of Annie Leibovitz, of course, as is everyone. Um, but gonna... she she shaped um, the look and feel of most of the images we see today, and she's still working. She's a, a commercial photographer, mm-hmm. or yeah, in some way. But she mostly uh, portrayed portrays um, all the famous people in the world like everyone and she got famous with Rolling Stone. She toured with them and then worked on Rolling Stone magazine. And then uh, eventually she's the go-to photographer for all the big campaigns and all the big Hollywood people. And like big campaigns, it's really beautiful. How, how big? Like, um, like um, uh, perfume commercials you see all over the world with the most famous people in it okay stuff like that um another one is uh eugenio riquenco he's um an italian maybe spanish photographer i think spanish um he creates crazy crazy images uh with a lot of skill Uh, they look like paintings uh, he always is trying new stuff, new looks. Um, but the thing is with him, he creates new worlds. It's like, it's him, but he also has um, a staff of painters and set builders. And, um, it's like you, you're a photographer and you build sets. And you, <laughs> no. you play with lights. That's uh, apparently the job of a photographer. Uh, mm, I've just yeah. learned. <laughs> Um, he yeah, just does it a little bit more so extreme. Something. Yeah, it's pretty extreme. I think there's always maybe at least 50 to 100 people on his sets and everything is custom. If you see a painting in the background on a, in a picture, it's a custom made painting. Okay. Um, so does he, does he push the button on the camera? Yeah, I think, I think he does. Yeah. But if not, it doesn't even matter because he's no. more... I think that's interesting. In that yeah, like if he's considered a photographer, but if he doesn't push the button on the camera, he is still the creative mind behind the, the creation of these images. Yeah, and, and, and even so, it's um, um, the one, the people who choose which image is going to be used is even more important. Yeah. Because in some cases, when I sent... Uh, 
the selection of images I think are good to the, uh, the client. Usually they pick another image uh, of not the image I would have chosen. So in that case, I may, I may be the photographer, but I'm not behind the image. The art director. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah I, no, I understand what you you're saying. You understand what like, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's probably, uh, I don't know, is it the same as like creating ice cream? You create like a whole bunch of different flavors of ice cream and then you say these three are probably going to be the ones you like and then you say, oh, I've been thinking of like chocolate and then they choose vanilla. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. I don't know, maybe a bad example, but. No, because I think a photographer, it doesn't matter if he pushes the button, it matters if it's his vision and his final edit maybe, yeah. but especially his final pick. Yeah. I think that's the most important. Well, that's, that's something I also see in, in, in a lot of things where uh, people that don't, that aren't considered designers, they hire someone in for their expertise um, and then that person does whatever they they do because they're, they're good in mm -hmm. what they do. But then they also want to give their client the idea of choice. And then what you often hear is that the clients choose not the same as the, ex the person with the expertise would have chosen. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I don't know. Is that, is you're, that, sound, you're sounding a little bit like a robot now. Oh. So I'm, I hope it's going away soon. I hope it's your connection and not mine. Uh, I think it's my headset. I'm not sure. Let's try something. <laughs> Are you back? Nope, here's the robot. <laughs> and I'm gonna put it off and put it on again. Okay. Hello. Hello, that's yeah. better, yeah. So now my computer mic. Okay. Going back to the other one. Going back to your headset. Hello. Hello. I don't know, you froze. Hello. No, you yeah, said. Okay, ah, now we're okay. back, we're back. Yes. The wonders of the internet <laughs> never fails us. Well, Bluetooth fails me again and again. <laughs> no, but I think, it's, I think it's definitely interesting and you hear it a lot where um, these people with expertise show clients um, a selection and they always choose the one that they they wouldn't have liked and then i don't i don't know what to do with that like well it used to be the other way around it used to be the, the photographer you you hire someone to make to do what they are best uh yeah what they they do best so they pick the image they pick the final results they edit it in, in the way they think is best yeah and that's it and they just but gave now, you one yeah, but now but it's digital, so uh, can we have all the pictures, please? <laughs> we will make the selection ourselves. Yeah, okay. Hmm. It's not a, not a good way, but still, it's a, it is what it is. Oh, well, you can change it. Mm, Slowly. Yeah. You could just say, look, you've paid me. This is the best photo. Um, if you don't trust me, why did you hire me? Yeah, I'd love to do that. I tried. 
lost some clients and <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there, yeah. I don't know. And also, like your name is on that photo. Yeah. So if if they choose the one you didn't like, they could, like, in some way, negatively affect yeah uh, your next sure. clients you get. Yeah, that's why I show a lot of images on my website, yeah. which are not the ones the uh, the client used. Okay. Um, and do you still also see this when when you retouch something, you send it to a client, and then they retouch it again? Yeah, but that's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Why is, is that not allowed because of that same, like it's tarnishing your name? Yeah, of is course. Yeah. And, and um, uh, also it's pretty crazy because they pay me for the hours I put in to the editing. And if it's not um, how they like it, just give me a call and say, okay, can you put in more of this and more of that? And I do it in a good way. And, not like some um, guy with Photoshop just adding uh, 25 plus of uh, contrast in it <laughs> without knowing what he's doing. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe that's also just people like to feel like they're in control. And yeah, if they just probably. sort of do something, then they've achieved that. And it's not always for the best uh, end result, but more for their own feeling. Yeah, of... but that's fine. But just say it in advance and I'll... I won't spend so much time getting the picture yeah. to perfection. So, just hand it to him and then here, do what you want with it. Yeah. So you can you can preemptively desaturate that photo so they can bump up the saturation and feel like they've done something? Yeah, something like <laughs> that. Always give them some uh, uh, kind of choice. Uh, you, they, you, could, you could hire them as a... Um, the perception. As a, a retoucher. Oh. Or you could also give them a perception of choice. Um, I know I've had that where I was doing some some editing of photos and I was messing around with some of these, what is it, like saturation and hue and bumping it up a little bit and then a little bit. And then after half an hour, I realized that um, I didn't select a thing and the mm. image was just staying the same. Um, but wow. I, I definitely <laughs> felt like I was making a big change, but um, it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. I have that with uh, with was it music software where you're playing with the EQ? Oh yeah. And then you're like, oh yeah, I can hear the difference. I can hear the difference. And then you're in the wrong layer. You're editing a completely <laughs> different layer that's been muted. And you're like, oh, what is it doing? Hmm, yeah, I recognize it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah. Um. People that you look up to, I think we can sort of start rounding this this interview uh, out um so one of the questions i always ask people is if you can recommend two people for me to get in touch with for the next episodes and keep the keep the ball rolling mm -hmm. uh, yeah well get in touch with potswerk that's um an animation company illustration company um uh, three guys who uh, brew their own beer and make uh, crazy fun illustrations and animations. Um, it's bound to get you happy, all their images. <laughs> so, and they're really nice guys, so maybe ask them. And um, Dylan Rippen, he's a musician. Um, um, well, what can I say? He's a pretty interesting person. Yeah, can you, can you explain uh, a little bit why, why you think he'd be good for this podcast? Uh, 
Well, he's a Brit. He's um, living in the Netherlands and he's made some music like 20 years ago and it's still getting him um, anything he wants in life. Let's keep it at that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a good deal. Yeah. Um, so those two, I think. Okay. Try. I think I think there's a uh, two people I'm definitely going to look into. Um, Potswerk and what's his name? Dylan Rippen. Dylan Rippen. Dylan Rippen. No, awesome. Um, okay, now off to the very last segment of the podcast, which is um, a gift to the listener. Something you can re recommend, anything, something fun. Um, yeah, I was thinking about it. Um, <laughs> there's so much to say, but I think there's only a few things. Like, one, read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's awesome. You will learn a lot from it. Your views on life will change. Do you Just, have to read it or can you watch the movie as well? Well, Mm, it might be a good idea to watch the movie first and then read the books. No, people say usually the other way around, but yeah, but this is the only movie I can do it the other way. Okay, this way around. Yeah. Um, and two pieces of advice, if I may. Of course. Ah, it's so nice of you. Okay, one: stop measuring yourself to others. It's pretty important because. Well, you all know how it is on the Instagram and social media. Oh, yeah, definitely. Every, everyone is doing better, uh, seemingly doing better than you and faster. And Well, I think that's uh, super interesting coming from a photographer that how you know how much out there is put into to seem a certain yeah. way. And, and how fake it all is. Yeah. So on that note, go to the cinema on your own. It's awesome. You can do things on your own and not show the world what you're doing. You think you, you think it's it's actually possible to go to the cinema and leave your phone at home? Yeah, why not? Why do you need your phone? <laughs> you don't, you don't really need your phone to go anywhere. Just prepare yourself. <laughs> prepare yourself. It's like a huge uh, undertaking to just go outside without a phone <laughs> these days. For, for a lot of people it is, yeah. Oh, where do I go? I need my maps or, um, I don't know. I don't know. Why do you need a phone? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I know where the cinema is. I know what movie I'm going to, or I will look it up over there. Maybe for uh, emergency. I think people feel it's a, like a safety blanket. Like yeah, what if every person happened. next to you has, an, has a phone with you? <laughs> You're in that one <laughs> cinema where everyone left their phone at home. Oh, I'd love to go there. <laughs> we all listen to this podcast. Like tomorrow, all the cinemas are completely full with phoneless cinema goers. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's good. If you've had more, bring it. Uh, no, I had to um, write it down before because my mind's empty right now. Oh, um, oh, oh, watch The Lighthouse, the movie. The lighthouse, the lighthouse in the cinema without a phone. Yeah, no, yeah. Possibly, if possible. The lighthouse, would you, can you explain what it's about without giving away the plot? Um, it's 
Willem Dafoe, the actor, and yeah. um, uh, the guy from Twilight, sparkly guy. Okay, yeah. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Um, they are two guys in a late 1800s. Um, and one of them is um, the lighthouse operator and the other one is his assistant. And they live for, I think, six months continuously on an island or maybe a year on a lighthouse island in the middle of nowhere in the sea. Um, somewhere near the Faroe Islands, I think. Okay. It's brutal. It's black and white. Um, I've never seen, any, seen anything like it. Okay. Pretty scary also. <laughs> but it's not a horror. No horror. So It's not a horror. So. No. Okay. But it's a pretty, pretty amazing film. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll add it to the, to the list. Do it. Cool. Um, up to me now. Uh, and I have to sort of raise the bar on, on recommendations. I will <laughs> recommend, um, what do you call it? Taunting G-Force. So going around corners real quick. Um, if that's on a longboard, a surfboard, a snowboard, um, skateboard, any boards are good options. Motorbikes are a good option. Get that lean uh, on. Um, what else? What else has G force that you can sort of get in? Roller coasters. Anything? Roller coasters. Sure. If you're into roller coasters, do that. Um, carts. Carts. Free running. Anything you can sort of suspend yourself around some kind of a corner. Um, go do it. I mean, I think it's fun. It's probably, uh, I don't know if it's dangerous, but it, it definitely gives you a bit of a rush. Um, but be safe while doing it, I guess. Like, I always wear all my gear when I'm on my motorbike. I mean, you have to be safe about doing stuff like that. So that would be my gift um, this week. And now we are on to the bit where I, I tell you all the stuff where, um, how fun our podcast is. Um First off, I'd like to thank uh, Mark David for being here today. Thank um, you. Telling us a little bit about his processes, what inspires him. Um, definitely enjoyed the discussion about art and design. <laughs> um, so that, um, yeah, this has been good talk to you. Um, on that note, we've set up a Patreon uh, so we can gather some sponsors, um, get some better software. As you've noticed, maybe the sound might be a bit dodgy at some points. So if our connection has gone a bit fuzzy, um, with better software, we can make that work a lot easier. You can find us at patreon.com slash Jason's podcast. Uh, and if you have any feedback or you'd like to recommend a guest or ask some questions or just uh, send us some cool, uh, maybe some cool drawings you made, maybe some cool photos. Um, you can send them to findinginspirationpodcast at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening and we will see you all next week. Bye. <laughs>